Welcome to Peer to Peer, the podcast, brought to you by Rainer. Listen in as we hear from top surgeons having great conversations with their peers about hot and popular topics in ophthalmology. Today we are speaking with Dr. Michael Endel from the United States about his experience with the Ray1 EMV. Dr. Michael Endel is a partner at Fichter Endel and Elmer Eye Care and Head of Ophthalmology at Ambulatory Surgery Centre of Western New York in Niagara Falls, New York. Welcome Dr. Endel and thank you for joining us today. So for my first question, I'd like to ask how you first heard about Ray1 EMV. So uh, looking at all of the uh, latest IOLs when we go to our national meetings and at uh, ASCRS last spring, you know, I heard of this uh, new lens come out by uh, uh, the influence and sort of uh, direction of Dr. Graham Barrett, who of course has brought us some of the most accurate uh, formulas and, and, and wonderful precision and everything else I followed throughout my IOL calculations up to this point, sort of excited to hear something that might provide more range for my patients, but a little less noise and complaints with nighttime difficulties. Great. And how many Ray1 EMV lenses have you implanted to date? Um, what have the outcomes been? So I've had the fortune to use them since uh, very late spring, early summer of, of 22. And I think, um, you know, we recently submitted an abstract of uh, 30 patients with the EMV versus 30 patients with my typical standard uh, um, one piece acrylic monofocal IOL. And we had some wonderful results there as far as uh, more range of vision, but uh, no change in distance um, acuities. And since that time, we've continued to place probably five to 10 a week. So I'm probably getting close to 100 EMVs now. And what does your targeting look like? Are you targeting monovision? Usually I come out talking about the patient's needs. Many patients have zero difficulty with readers. I've been using those since age 45. I say, let me turn you into a wonderful permanent 45 year old that has terrific distance vision, but will still need some readers for the small stuff. And many patients are happy with that. However, this day and age, as we're zooming right now, sometimes it's really nice to uh, see your computer screen, your dashboard, your mid-range, your cell phone, that people can change the font, but they still like some range you know, inside of 20 inches. So I typically go for the dominant eye for the best distance I can. And then I do my eyes typically about two weeks apart. So when they say to me, hey, this is terrific. I can't believe how good my distance vision is and my, my range is fine. I'll do the same thing on the second eye versus if they say, well, I wish I had a little more near for what I do. I might target somewhere between a minus 75, minus one on that non-dominant eye. And of course, remember with the EMV, whatever you target, you are likely to get one and a quarter more near range than what their actual refraction is. So that's fantastic. That's the extended depth. That's that extra little spherical aberration in the center. It's giving you one and a quarter more range than you would have with a standard monofocal. Interesting. And would you recommend a surgeon just starting with EMV begin with a smaller offset? It's a great question. I think when you're first starting off, you should probably implant a bunch of patients somewhere around the plano for the dominant eye. And on the non-dominant eye, really small, minus a quarter, minus a half, unless they've come to you prior and say, I've done 
10 years plus of monovision contacts that I know what I'm talking about, that's fairly safe to go towards a mono range. But instead of killing their distance on that non-dominant eye, so to speak, with say typically a monofocal calculation of a minus two, then that eye will only see maybe 2,400 in the distance, right? But you can calc them a minus one, minus 75 with the EMV in their non-dominant eye, they'll still have 225 worth of reading, that extra one and a quarter you get with this lens, but now their distance will be maybe 2060 and they'll have so much more blended vision and better depth perception. So for beginning surgeons, Plano on the distance, maybe minus a quarter, minus a half on the non-dominant. If you know you're sort of growing up to the monovision or the patients have had that experience, that's when you start going maybe more than minus one on the non-dominant eye. Great, thank you. Have you noticed any decrease in contrast sensitivity relative to a standard monofocal lens? So wonderful, not perfect contrast measurements, but in patient satisfaction survey, real world sort of answers from the patients. We had actually done a study that we submitted to ASCRS with uh, 30 patients with the EMV and 30 patients with uh, a standard monofocal acrylic lens, excellent distance vision on both. When we talked to them about both positive and negative dysphotopsia, so lights off to the side, difficulty with driving at nighttime, or shadows off to the side, which we know are very common in the beginning stages with almost any intraocular lens, the results were exactly the same. No increase in noise to their vision or difficulty with nighttime driving, difficulty with distance at all compared to my best version of a monofocal lens that I've been using. That's great. And what's your patient satisfaction rate with Ray1 EMV like so far? So, so far when we did our first preliminary trials that we've actually recorded and everyone was targeted for a Plano to minus a quarter in both the monofocal group and the EMV group, we had, um, you know, sort of off the, off the uh, we sort of had set off the charts satisfaction with distance in both groups. And that's great in the modern formulas. And topographies make the doctors look smarter. So it's nice that we're achieving excellent distance vision. But when we checked for their intermediate and near activities and sort of listed your dashboard, your PC and your cell phone, because we thought that those were pretty common things that most patients have been commenting to us about over the time. We had over 80% of patients in the EMV group being very happy with their intermediate to near tasks without glasses. And this was targeted for Plano. I hadn't started doing more of the, the mini mono yet compared to a little less than 50% satisfaction with the monofocal group when you talked about their intermediate or near activities. So almost double the patient satisfaction with really the same calculations. Interesting. What kind of conversations are you having with the patients before surgery and how do you set their expectations? The more procedures you do, the more you'd love to over-deliver and under-promise. And I usually do start off saying, I'm not sure that anything quite makes you a perfect 20-year-old yet, but I think we can do a little better than the average 45-year-old. And for those of us, myself included, that are now north of 45, it does seem reasonable to say, give me excellent distance and pretty darn good functional vision. And to me, that's the food on your plate, your shampoo and conditioner in the shower, your dashboard, your PC. If I can give that by setting that dominant eye for distance, having them give me the feedback at the one week visit when it's already done, 
slight majority of patients saying, this is already great, just give me the same thing on the other, I can already do those intermediate and lifestyle ranges, then I give them the same calculation on the second aisle. If in fact, they say, boy, I wish I had a little bit more near, I cheat a little bit, I have the blended vision, with the EMV now, I'm not losing any depth perception by doing standard monovision, one locked for distance, one locked for near, then they need you know, 70% of folks love mono and maybe 30% of people find it difficult to adjust to over time. When you do a blended, you're not losing that depth perception, you're not losing the distance, but you're still getting the same near vision that you would in the past with large differences in calculations. So I think that the patient can teach us what to do. And this is a wonderful tool in the toolbox to kind of on the fly, give them what they need. Okay. I'd also like to ask, do you offer EMV as part of a premium package with other lenses in your practice? Sure. So it's, it's, it's difficult to give the patient too many, um, too many choices in our history that we've found. So we basically have a basic package where the traditional cataract surgery without lasers, the doctor's going to try to sit on axis and make their overall prescription as low as possible, but they realize it's possible. They may need some full-time um, glasses for all ranges. And our sort of second tier of which there's only three is we're going to use the laser to correct astigmatism. And that's where I can give them excellent blended vision, um, a range of vision, sometimes, rounding up just because people want practical near. When I take some minus 10 patients, they're afraid to lose their ability to read. So in the past, when I've made them a minus two and a quarter on both eyes, giving them very poor distance vision, just better than they were as a minus 10, I now can use the EMV, maybe make them a minus one, get them daytime legal driving without glasses, but still excellent two, two and a quarter um, near vision worth because remember, Whatever you set the EMV for, for your distance calculation, you're going to get an extra one and a quarter of near vision. And that's the range, that's the blending, that's what keeps them so much more versatile. And then typically my third group is more of a multifocal where they've done multifocal contacts. They haven't had previous lasers. They have the right personality and they're really looking for the fullest range that sometimes that can work. But I'll tell you, group two is shrinking more over to group uh, a group group two is raising as group three is starting to shrink. And of course, group two in my tiers is less expensive. So if I can have a patient with a similar range, easier adjustment, less dysphotopsias than a multifocal, and they're paying less because I'm paying less, that's kind of a win for everybody. Great. Thank you. And one last question. What advice would you give to a surgeon considering Ray1 EMV? So what I would say to surgeons that, you know, sort of look at the data and say, oh, and another new lens that's maybe promising the world, well, come out and really try it. Because although it's talking most about how you can be set for mini monovision, which much better depth perception, more range, the near eye, having, in fact, still fairly decent distance vision, but getting that same reading you would get when you'd otherwise have to set them for a minus two and a quarter. Now you can set them for a minus one and get that. That's wonderful and it's delivering on everything that it's advertised. But what I've been most surprised and impressed about is listen to what they tell you about their distance. We're used to nailing pretty close to Plano with so many monofocal lenses, but I've never had a lens before the EMV that I hear so many unsolicited comments and no doc, you don't understand. My distance is really good. 
like high definition, really good. And it's kind of strange when that many patients have told me this sort of, again, unsolicited with how happy they are with the part I thought I would nail anyways. But what do you think of the near? Oh, no, the near is great, but I just still can't believe how good my distance is. So it's really not just for mini mono. You're really helping everything. Great. Thank you, Dr. Endel, for your time and for joining us today for this episode of Peer to Peer, the podcast. In the next episode of Peer to Peer, the podcast, we are joined by a new host, Dr. Ben LaHood from Australia and guest speaker, Mr. Alistair Stewart from the UK, who discuss true blended vision and how to do it right. For more information about this episode's topic and to read the show notes, visit the Peer to Peer hub at rainer.com forward slash peer to peer. If you enjoyed listening to this conversation, please subscribe to our channel to be notified of new episodes. This podcast is provided for general information purposes only. The presenter's views are their own. Rayner does not endorse off-label use. Users must refer to the product labelling and instructions for use for Rayner products in all cases. Not all Rayner products are available in all countries. The full disclaimer can be found in the show notes.